Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Good evening, you through to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. This is the weekly edition of the English Premier League. Um, my name's Jamie. Um, I'll be the host this evening. And as ever, we have uh, a couple of guests to come along and just talk about um, the most recent uh, round of fixtures. Um, one face we've not seen in a few weeks um, off doing, living his life and uh, starting the next chapter of his life. But uh, Mason, how's things? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Jamie and Johnny. Good, good to be back. Uh, good to be back on talking about football and not Rangers, mate. To be honest, so uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Good, good, good. And uh, we've also got, as ever, Johnny. Um, Johnny, I know it's obviously been a tough week for you. Um, you know, with uh, Chelsea losing again, but uh, you know, being knocked out. You know, it's 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 always a challenge for you, mate. But I'm glad to see you turned up. How's things? Yeah, I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Thanks for having me back on. Good to see Mason return. We can talk about Rangers if you want, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like it's international week already, and I'm and like this is day two, and I'm already missing football. Like, I, you know, I, I know the internationals are not everybody's cup of tea, but I just miss the day to day of football as opposed to an international weekend. Um, but this is obviously the first one we've had in a while. And I know there's a few spicy games coming up, shall we say. I think notably England and Scotland get to play each other next week. Um, I might watch it. I always put a flag up in my garden just to piss the neighbours off and get you know get them start sparking. But uh, apart from that, I'm already counting down the days to the next round of the EPL. Um, I don't know about you, Mason. Do, do, you, do, you, do you take too much in the international fixtures or do you just look forward to the next round? Well, listen, the way my, my team's playing at the minute, I'm absolutely delighted there's a, an international break but <laughs> in terms of the uh 
in terms of international football, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not a big England fan, like international mm-hmm. football, or a big Scotland. I'll be honest. When England play Scotland in a in a couple of weeks, or what next week, I'll probably sway to like seeing Scotland get a result. To if I'm if I'm honest, just because living down here, it's very. Uh, it gets. I'm half Scottish, but everyone calls you Scottish, so you think, well, why don't they go and get a result then? <laughs> Johnny, I, I think I know where your answer is going to go with this one. Um, you love the international weekend, don't you? Oh, it's your face when he said that, mate. I <laughs> wish you guys could see that was beautiful. Uh, I, I'm the same as you, mate. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I uh, I don't hate it. I love watching Scotland play, and I do like watching other international teams as well, just to see how players are getting on and stuff. But give me the option, I'm going to take club football every single time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think for me, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty patriotic when it comes to England, but only when they're in tournaments. The lead up to tournaments, I, I, I don't take solace of beating Malta six nil, um, with four penalties being scored and calling it a successful day. It just doesn't tick my boxes for me. So, um, in tournament football, I'll get, I'll get in the groove for, but um, in the lead ups to it, I just kind of buy into it. So, yep, I think we've got until the 16th, I think, until the next round of Premier League fixtures kick off. So, um, yeah. 10 days of torture. Um, excuse me, Mason, I'll kick off um, the, the you know the first discussions with a team that is, I'm going to say, close to your heart. It's a, a bit of a tongue-in-cheek, but uh, West Ham um, did the Friday night football against Luton um, and obviously continued their great form to the, se- to the start of the season. Um, did you get a chance to watch um, the West Ham? And I actually quite keen to hear your views of what you've been hearing a lot about West Ham because I know you were quite vocal in what was being said to you about you know, potentially Moyes out. It's, I'm guessing they're singing a different song now. Do, do you know what? So this was, I watched this, this is the game, the only game I'll be honest, watched sort of 90 minutes. This was Friday night before I travelled up for, for the game on Sunday. But so I watched it Friday and um, obviously, yeah, wife is mad, West Ham season tickets, all my friends, West Ham mad. They, uh, even though they've picked up 10 points from the first four games and obviously they're, they're buzzing with that, they're still, I don't, you know, really. still, Yes, there's still few of them saying, I still don't like the way we're playing. I still think we're too negative. Um, and there's, I just think that there's still some waiting for Moyes to slip up to a team where they should pick up three points. And I think they're going to jump on the bandwagon. I still feel that. But what really? I will say is, I think Moyes has signed really, really well. And I think you boys obviously will come on to that as well. I think mm-hmm. the, the money, the brass money they've spent, um, I think that, I think they look, I think they look better as a, as a team. As mm-hmm. a you, especially off the ball, I've been really impressed with West Ham, and uh, I, I do, I do, I do genuinely mean that when I when most of the West Ham fans obviously buzzing, they've, they've started well, but uh, there's still little digs at Moyes, and, and I do think that if they do it a bad way, they, they will turn again. Johnny, just on the West Ham, are they playing different to what they did last season, or have they got some kind of rejuvenation about them? The reason why I ask is that. West Ham are pretty well known for being big at the back and scoring goals from the defenders, um, long balls up front and play. They kind of still did that on Friday. You know, um, I think two of the goals, but both of the West Ham goals were from headers, weren't they? Kurt Zuma and um, Jared Bowen. So has Moyes reinvented the wheel by, by buying a new midfielder? Is, actually the, or actually, is he just getting a tune out of what he already had? I would say they're very similar. Um I just I would agree with Mason 100% that with Rice moving on, yes, you lose your quality and 
as your captain, as your leader, and that's always going to take an adjustment. But they seem to have made that really fast. But we all questioned in the lead up to the season start, uh, even when the season had started, that these lack of signings were going to create a lot, a lot of problems, which mm -hmm. they would have. They've brought in real quality. This surprised me. Um, it looked like the, the, the World Prowse deal was off. Um, kudos, we've never seen that in a million years. Um, Alvarez, too, looked like it was off, then it was back on. So, I mean, that, that's quality they've added, and it's all in the middle of the park. Um, so that is making a difference. Uh, they do still score similar goals. They still play that similar style. A lot of the time they've been on the back foot, but they're catching teams, you know, catching them out, whether it's for a dead ball or for the counter. Luton helped a bit at the weekend. I mean, the defending for both headers was terrible. It was really bad. Um, they started okay, they were dogged, but West Ham's quality just took over. Again, coming through the middle of the park. Um, I kind of get what Mason's saying with the, with the fans and how they're feeling about Moyes, because as football fans, football fans are the ficklest sport fans. I say we're world. fickle as hell, aren't we? Right, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So see if your head's turned and you, you, you know, that manager, you're like, look, I want that manager to move on. He's not for me. It's not working. And even if you see he strings four, five, six results together, that still that thought still sticks around. So when that one loss comes in, like Mason says, probably one that isn't unexpected, those five, six wins are forgotten in a heartbeat. So can they continue the way they're going? Yeah, there's going to be hiccups. I honestly don't know if that consistency can stay, or at least to a certain degree. Um, but they have looked better um, for all the plays similar. I think that wee bit of extra quality has definitely made a difference. Mason, West, so West Ham's next two games on Man City and Liverpool, like this is going to be a test, isn't it? Because two teams that are playing obviously just in, in similar form. Um, but just on, can we make an argument for how well Luton did on the night? Because if I remember rightly, West Ham probably didn't score their second goal until just after the 80th minute, which meant Luton was still in that game for quite a big time. They were they were still well in the game, um, and mm -hmm. I don't I don't think I think I, I agree with Johnny there. I think West Ham's quality was was still telling, um, but they stayed in the game. They, they, as you said, as Johnny said, they was dogged, um, but they just lacked uh, you know that that quality in the, in the final areas. I think that if you're going to play Luton, that's one game I you know early on in the season. That's when I wouldn't want to play them, or maybe towards the end at their ground as well. At their ground, but I think there's going to be that. I think some teams are still going to go there and, and wipe the wipe the floor them. I just think quality wise, they're they're really really lacking. Um, but just, just just quickly going back to to West Ham, just just last point I'll make on it. The problem I think that West Ham fans have got at the minute, I think they're where they're signing Ajax's two best players and they took James mm -hmm. Ward and they they you know they're getting the big names that that they're getting linked with window after window. I just don't think Moyes is sexy enough for where they want to. Rightly or wrongly, by the way, where West Ham fans want to go, and I think that's something that will stick around when they do. You know, in, maybe it happens in the next two games. Uh, we'll wait and see. But I do think that's that's the issue that they've, they've got. They're expecting their club to just go like that. When I think Moyes is is perfect for them at the minute. In seeing that, I listened to uh, an interview done by Karen Brady. It was at the end of last week, who was one of the chairman chairwomen of West Ham, and she was quizzed on Moyes not being sexy enough and obviously the decision to bring Moyes back and she was very very open about 
how the board felt they got it wrong because they did let Moyes go. There was nothing wrong with his performances apart from the fans actually didn't like the type of football and they bowed to the fans and they 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 obviously let they brought in other managers. I think it was two managers they brought in before bringing Moyes back. And I think she said in the in because the question was put to her, how did you readdress that with Moyes and you know to come back to the table? And she said basically we just said we were wrong we could see the progress he was making with the young team. You could see the progress in what it, in terms of the style of football. He was, they were playing his football. It wasn't like he lost the dressing room. So actually they got to account to where, what's West Ham's actually identity. And actually the fact they brought Moyes back in probably tells you what they feel their identity is. And I, th- I don't think they'll be as quick, but after listening to that, I don't think they'll be as quick to listen to the fans. If, for example, they don't win the next two games and they want them at, they want him out. I don't think they'll be as quick to pull that trigger because they know full well what the other side of the grassland looks like. I think it'll be more to do with how he gets on with the Europe as well as juggling. The league is probably where the, the challenge goes in. Johnny, you were going to say something, mate? No, mate. I was scratching my nose. Please continue. You're an ass. <laughs> I thought he was I don't want to say something. <laughs> but, yeah, going back, I, I, I'm not convinced they will pull the trigger unless something shocking happens where, you know, you get the likes of Jaden Sancho coming out and arguing about his manager. I don't see anybody at West Ham doing that anytime soon. So I do believe that they are playing for him. The only question I would have is, do they have enough goals in them as a striker? Because obviously they got the goals from Zuma and and um, Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen obviously gets his goals, but Antonio played the full game, didn't really have a sniff at goal. Where's Kudos going to play? Is he going to play on the wing? Is he going to play up front? So, excuse me, I still do think there's a question about them. Um, I'll bring it on to the next game, which was, you know, quite easily one of the ones I wanted to watch. And it was the big six-pointer that turned into a one-pointer. Um, and that was Sheffield United and Everton. That was the early kickoff on Saturday. I don't know about you guys. It was quite an entertaining game for all the wrong reasons. It had own goals. It had um, um, even, even McBurney kind of played a decent game, which I don't think I see too much of. Um, it was great to see the young lad Cameron Archer get on the score sheet as well, scored a cracking goal. Um, but I also... Good to see Everton get in the fight and actually do something with it. Um, Mason, what, obviously, what was your thoughts on that game? Uh, well, I expected it to be uh, exactly the way it played out, really. Both teams desperate to, to win. Um, to be honest, watching it back, I was quite impressed with Sheffield United. And especially, you just said, that, I thought McBurney was really good. I thought he had a... Yeah. Had a that's, that's probably the, the first time I've watched him in a long time where I've said, oh, do you know what, he, he was quite a handful there. Um, but it's, it, you know, watching, I still expect, you know, once Everton go one nil up, and then I still expect them to to win. But they're just again, just the same defensively. They're, they're a shambles. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to come onto it, so I won't ruin it. But I think the goalkeepers won on a point. Johnny and yourself, I know, I know we were kind of tipping this game to be, you know, when you're looking at the betting slips and you go, that's that's under 3.5 goals and it fucking finishes two each and you think, well, that's the bet run straight away off the bat. What was your thoughts going into that game? Did you expect it to be a goal fest or? No, no, mate. Um, I think uh, in predictions, I had a draw, possibly 1-1, I think I went. Um, it was a good game. Uh, I mean, it was certainly entertaining. and. Quite a few talking points in it. Um, one, one, one thing I would highlight again, same as last week, Pickford for all 
he has his faults. He was outstanding again. I mean, I kind of put him in two categories. You know, you do get the the shit house side and mm-hmm. does like a mistake, but then on the other side, the 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 fearlessness of him and also his shot stopping is mm-hmm. top tier. I mean, you can hate them, you can dislike them, but if you're a football fan, you, you have to recognise it. Um, and that again, that dragged them out. Now, it, the game probably could have flipped either way. Um, he had some huge saves towards the back end. I thought the lad Bettle uh, looks probably ideal for Everton and Dice. You know, big, he looks strong. rapid, don't he? Yeah, and he's he's a bulldozer, and I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what they look for. I mean, Calvert Lewin's similar, maybe a wee bit more graceful when he's fit, but I think he's ideal for them. Um, there was a few standouts. Patterson again had a good game. Delivery mm-hmm. further, I think it was two two was was ridiculous. Dan Juma's going to it. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect balling. Um, but I mean, there's another way to look at it, Jamie. You could say we all due respect to Sheffield, they're a newly promoted team and they've been struggling since they started, you know, they've hardly got going and Everton are scraping a draw against them, Yeah, that kind of shows you where Everton are, you know what mm-hmm. I mean so we can say, yeah, they done well, they showed a bit of fight, but if I'm an Everton fan, I'd be saying, I want three points to that game, mm-hmm. because we ain't going to get many from other teams so, yeah good game um, enjoyed it, and I'm oh, sorry I should Last thing, Archer. Archer looks like he could be a signer. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it when they were talking about the move. You know, that could be a decent one. Um, it was actually for fantasy football that the perspective came from, you know, because he's cheap and we thought that could be a decent addition. Um, and he looked really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he could maybe maybe give Sheffield a few points that they wouldn't, wouldn't have been getting elsewhere. I think... Um... If, if if any of you have not actually seen the replays of the of the Everton game, I'm not Pickford's fan in any aspect. But do yourselves a favour and watch that save that he makes in like the 90 plus minute, because not only does he save two points for his team, but like it gets better with every view, every angle you see of it. Like you're watching it live and you think he's just saved that. It's only when they slow mo and watch it from the back you actually see he does a double tip and then palms it away and you're just like. Shit, how was it not? That was actually fucking brilliant. Um, you know, and that's mm. that's not giving him shit for the the own goal that went in off his back. You know, to make it two one. Um, yeah. But he, he stops them with everything. He, mm. he just throws anything in front of the ball, and that kind of shows you the level, I suppose, the love he has for Evan. Um, so yeah, I would agree. Um, okay, so that was, uh, as I said, the six-pointer that turned into a one-pointer. It probably didn't do either team any good, but it was good for them to probably at least put a point on the board. Um, the, I, I'm going to come into um, the Brentford game. Brentford played um, Bournemouth, and I'm only bringing that up because I don't think I covered them too much in the last episode because, obviously, it was a bit of a, not a dead game, but there's not much happened. Um, but, again, it was another draw, finished 2-2. Um I'm kind of keen to get your thoughts on Brentford without Tony because obviously it's a big gap for them. I know they've brought in the lad uh, Kevin Shade or Shada, I think they pronounce it, who seems energetic. Um, but they're still playing with Visa up front. But it's the guy who is getting the headlines at the moment in Bueno. Um, Mason, um, did you did you manage to see any of the replays of the Brentford game? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I'm. <sighs> Just on 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 Brentford, they uh, I didn't realise this till after, but they've only lost one out of their last eighteen at home, which um, 
which to be fair, when you sort of look at that, you've got to give sort of you know mm-hmm. Bournemouth credit for going there and, and getting a point. But but Brentford have I've watched them, they're always capable of scoring goals. I think they get goals from it everywhere. I don't I haven't watched them this season and thought or t- no, Tony, they're going to, you know, struggle to score goals, as you just said there. And Bremo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, come up again. I'm sure uh, we will touch on fantasy football at the end, but uh, he's someone that, that I've got in, and, and he's already nicked me quite a, quite a few points. But but on the on the opposite side of that, for for uh, for Bournemouth, it's uh, to, to be two one up that late in the game. Uh, it could have been a massive three points. That that must yeah. have been a. A huge blow, and again, something else that I see today. It was uh, only Man City and Brighton have scored more goals in ninety plus plus minutes in, um, other than Brent- Brentford. So uh, since the start of last season, and, and that's thirteen goals. So you know they're a team that, that don't stop as well. But but they'll probably feel like it's a uh, it's two point you know two points dropped if you look to that fixture before before a ball's kicked. Johnny, um, what's your thoughts on uh, on the Embueno? And the reason why I'm highlighting it is if anybody's not seen the replay quite arguably touch you know we we, we give Jared Bowen the plaudits last week for that simple touch that he took on the run um, and then scored the goal from it and Buenos is arguably a lot better because what he does is he turns with the ball catches it on the turn and and rifles it in the bottom corner he he saves obviously a point for his team but better than Son Kiro was into he's been quality mate Um, they needed uh, they needed someone to step up with, with Tony in his absence, and he's done that. Um, there was always signs he could do it, to be fair. I mean, last season, he didn't get all the, you know, as much, many chances as he probably would have liked. But when he did, he did usually deliver. Um, so I can't say I'm hugely shocked by it, but I would say pleasantly surprised. Um, I thought, yeah, the touch, that was sublime. I used to do that myself in my youth. <laughs> <laughs> um it's probably just as well he did because prior to that he missed an absolute sitter. Yeah. Um, put it around the post and he should have been scoring that. So I suppose that balances it. But yeah, I agree with Mason. They should have they should have won that game. The the chances were obscene. I think he said three post three times mm-hmm. um, and countless chances. Um should have been a good three points for Bournemouth as well, shouldn't it really? <laughs> yeah, I mean the way the game was panning out, yeah, I suppose so. I mean it was Pretty grim for uh, Rico Henry. I mean, I like that lad. He's a good player, tidy player. Probably one of the worst passbacks of the season so far. Uh, into... <laughs> one of those shockers. Thing is, he ran. He must have ran about hundred yards to pull that ground back to make that yeah. challenge. <laughs> to and then play that. back to yeah. <laughs> So I felt a bit. Uh, a few things that happened. I mean, Brentford must love Hawkeye. I mean, because if you know when that <laughs> ball went over the line, the referee never yeah. seen that. And the yeah. linesman, if you watch the replay, the linesman did the flag. Yeah, so, it was only when the linesman watch went off, wasn't it? That it yeah, was I don't know. I don't, the watches weren't working. I think they had to. Get, no, it was um, only so the refs watch wasn't bar. working, but all the other three people, all the other guys, have got watches as well. So the the two right, linesmen, right. all went off. So what the ref had to do is he had to go and switches with the fourth official. So right. they were obviously what working, but he wouldn't have flagged unless unless the linesman put his what flag up to say my watch is going. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, yeah, Hawkeye done them a favour there, didn't it? Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, I suppose either could have won it. I thought, in the terms of chances and the way the game went, if I was Brentford, I would be less than happy with a point. But it's just a bit panned out. 
Um, Johnny, it brings us on to the next game. So, uh, obviously, we talk about how well Spurs have been doing at the moment, and I, I think it's hard not to not to kind of go over the same ground. Um, the big difference this week was that um, Son Yong Ming uh, managed to get himself a hat trick, um, but they're starting to uh, they're looking very fluent, aren't they, Tottenham? I was ready to start singing "I'm loving Big Ange instead, and then I remembered. <laughs> <when I'm off>. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's listen. We we said this pre-season that um, even in the absence of Kane, uh, when we were talking about you know finishing for the for the season, I said I still think they'll improve greatly under Ange. I just I rate him highly as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're playing well. Um, would I put a hell of a lot of weight on that game? Probably not. I think Burnley have started very slowly. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there would be a lot more. I don't um, think that game that they had between them was little with Luton was postponed, remember? I don't mm-hmm. think that did them any favours. It kind of gave them another two-week gap, didn't it, until they kicked the ball again? Yeah, yeah. They just, I just expected a wee bit more. Listen, it's still early doors, and there's plenty of time for them to pick up points. I mean, I know that. But they just... I don't know, they just seem to be always behind Spurs on Saturday. Yeah, they got a couple of goals, but I mean, especially for the, the um, for 5-2, that was pretty much Spurs just taking their foot off the gas. Um, he's got, I'm going to say he's got them playing well. Uh, Son does this, you know, he'll go quiet for a few games and then he just explodes. There was no signs of that. I was actually looking at the stats today. The stats, you know, underlying... really the last 12 months into and what they were expecting from him in that game, he's like he's touches in the box, shots, all that kind of thing, and they were grim, they were grim. Mm-hmm. But then he has the ability to do that. Um, what does it say for the Charleston? I mean, does that push him further down the pick and all? You have to think so. I think he started the game on the bench as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't see him changing that anytime soon. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I suppose one bonus was allowed for Burnley. Um, how do you pronounce it? Kolyosho? Is that right? Say that again. What's his name? Kolyosho? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you carry on with that. They're going. Kolyosho. <laughs> it was that. It was that. I'm going to stand by. Um, he, looked, he looked promising. He ran at them constantly. looked very, very confident. And uh, I like to look at that lad. Um, but yeah, they were making mistakes and they were given a hell of a lot of space. Like, for example, in Madison. Mm-hmm. You cannot let Madison cut in on his inside, onto the right. If you do that, you're going to get punished. They've done it about three times. Keeper made two saves. Third time, he couldn't do it. So, yeah, I mean, that's things they have to rectify and do it fast. But, I mean, company seems a good coach. I mean, so I suppose they've got every chance. Mason and, and you know, Spurs last season were saying that they won the transfer window, whatever that means. This season, they've kind of got a big... A, big, a better argument to say to that. And what I mean is bringing Madison in. Um, I'm not going to say I'm surprised nobody else attempted to bring him in because I have my own thoughts on that. But how pivotal has Madison been and how will he be to their season? Well, when we're seeing the sort of money that's getting thrown around for English players, uh, Jamie, I think that Madison to the feet, I think he's a great buy for Spurs. I think mm-hmm. he, looks, he looks super sharp. I think that's one thing you noticed about looks Madison. like he's enjoying his football, doesn't he? He really does in that position. Um, and I think that that Foster Coglu for him is 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 perfect in in that hole. And he's got what you see with Spurs. Sort of the, the thing I've noticed, sort of watching, you know, the, the highlights is runners off the ball all the time, and it just mm-hmm. creates space for him. And uh, 
and uh, Son, I, I think I think Son as well, and Ange, I think that's a, a, a match made in heaven. Them two, I think that that he'll get back to his best. I think I, I don't it, it, obviously staying fit and the amount of games, I totally understand that, but I don't see Richardson getting it. You know, getting it, and, and so, someone that hasn't really we haven't really spoke about. And, and my mates as well, my Spurs mates haven't really spoken about it. Solomon, I think that's such a good signing as well. And, and I know Brendan Johnson, the people will talk about him and um, you know, he's got a lot to prove for me. But I think Solomon's such a good signing again for the yeah. money. So uh, going forward, they're going to do really well. Where I still think concerns are, they've, they've gone to Burnley and score five, but they've still conceded two goals. Mm-hmm. And I think that will happen against the better sides. I still think defensively he's got a lot of work to do. But listen, by the sounds of it, they're absolutely buzzing. Even with them going out in the cup, um, you know, midweek, to, they went a goal behind and they went and scored five goals. So uh, I think they've got a lot to, to be optimistic about. So, um, yeah, good start for Spurs. I think I think that was the first time they've, they've won they've won three games in a row for like... Yeah, eight beginning of the season or something, eh? So, uh, so yeah, it's... You know they could they could be a, a little surprise package where I think a lot of people would have would have written them off without knowing uh, about their manager and, and etc. Mm-hmm. I think you know obviously the Postecoglou he, he kind of likes that Maverick player, don't he? And I think he's got two of them in Son and Madison. You know what the difference Son is this season? He's actually going to be playing as a striker as opposed to off. Kane, which is going to be a big difference for him. Like you, I was more impressed with Solomon, actually, because he assisted two of the goals. Um, nobody spoke about Solomon. They all spoke about Madison. They all spoke about um, Son's hat-trick. But actually, Solomon was a bit of an unsung hero. And and, and Johnny, I'll tell you, like we've done a lot of the Champions League prediction games and the fantasy football and, and all that kind of stuff. Solomon's been around for years from a from a Champions League perspective. He comes with a bags of experience, you know, um, and we've seen that last season. You remember when Mitrovic went out? Um, he, he played for Fulham and I think he came off the bench and scored something like three goals um, to, to get them three points each game. He's, he's got bags of experience. I'd be surprised if they go back to a Richardson style, um, you know, considering that they've got those options available to them. Um, Johnny, what do you make of um, the, the new central defender that they've got in, um, the, the Van de Veen? The reason why I say is that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about their central defenders. Um, I think you've got Davison Sanchez that's getting punted about the whole of Saudi Arabia at the moment to try and get him off the books. You've got Eric Dyer, who apparently was offered a move elsewhere and he's rejected it because he, he's he's not getting the right money from the club in terms of a severance package, um, which left him with Romero and Van de Veen. Um, has, has, he, has he been that good in terms of what they've, in terms of the points that they've got or has he still found his feet? I think it's a big change for the lot. I mean, he's young. I think he's early mm-hmm. 20s. Um, and he's came from, was it Wolfsburg? I Wolfsburg, yeah. Yeah. Um, who weren't exactly flying. So it's it's quite a transition. But, I mean, they've obviously spotted something. Um, and the hub looked uh, definitely shored it up a wee bit. They're still conceding. But mm-hmm. I don't know, is that... I think they've got two clean sheets. I don't remember exactly offhand. I think it's two. Well, they got they got um, one against Man U, didn't they? Which was obviously yeah. the bigger the bigger one. Yeah. And the uh, Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, if it's working, then may as well go for it. The the, the Dyer one was a bit strange because it kind of felt like that was getting that was happening. I think Fulham was actually the first reported team, um, and then it wasn't, but. Is what you're saying is I wasn't aware of that if the players knocked it back. I've never really rated Eric that. Um, personally, I think he's I think he's overrated. Um, 
and I think he struggles a wee bit. Maybe a move for him would have been ideal, but it's not mm-hmm. to be. But yeah, on and Van de Veen, uh, Van de Veen, Van de Veen, I think uh, I think it could be a good sign of And like we say, he's young. There's still a lot of moulding to be done there. I think he's under a good manager too, who who will, will bring him through the proper way. So I mean, it's working. It's hard to mm-hmm. judge against. Mason, um, just one last touch on Tottenham. They've got they've got this young attacking left back that's just kind of come out of nowhere in Udogi. They literally nobody said anything about it. Me and Johnny were talking pre-season and, and I'd called his name up because he'd started all the games and he he kind of got assists and he was getting involved in attacking. This guy's absolutely just come out of nowhere and he's kind of smashing it right now, isn't he? Definitely. He, he looks, you know, a lot of Tottenham fans saying he's like, you know, the old saying he's like a new signing. But mm-hmm. I think fullbacks, you know, as we've seen with Postco, the way he plays with the fullback, I think Porro's another one who yeah, Pedro Porro. split a lot of opinions sort of last season. But I, I think the way that, that he plays and what I've seen, the young energy, I think that, he, you know, they'll be perfect, perfect for him. And um, yeah, as I said, I was looking at that left back area. I'm not a big fan of Ryan Sessignon. I don't think he's kicked on at all. Um, since he got the move to Spurs, so uh, yeah, listen, they, you know, they without you know being in Europe as well, they could be one that that if they do continue to score goals and keep players fit, you know, why not for the top four? No, totally agree. Um, and speaking of the top four, um, Chelsea don't look as though they're going to get it. So I'll bring us on to uh, Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest. Mason, starting with you, that was obviously shock of the weekend, but um, a lot's been made. I, Obviously, Forrest are not getting the credit where it's due. Yeah. But but the the, the biggest the biggest stock shocking statistic I seen was that they only had one shot on target out of twenty seven attempts. Chelsea at home against Nottingham Forest, who snatched it in the dying embers. That's pretty bad, isn't it? Considering the money that's been spent in there. Yeah, shocking, shocking, Jamie. I I, I watched Chelsea first game of the season against Liverpool, and and I yep. did see bits, and I thought. You know, bits of play and, and I thought, right, you know, I think, you know, as everyone expects, I think Chelsea will be a lot better this season. Um, and then since then, I thought the West Ham game had dominated, but again, just just blunt up front, uh, not not ruthless enough. I thought they were poor against Luton. Again, I know they won the game 3-0 and, and Luton were, you know, no disrespect, were, were poor. But that game against Saturday, I just, for the money they spent on that, on that team and the, and the midfield just and I know it's going to take time I get that but just they're so sloppy in possession <laughs> and they get in the final third and it's like right where, where are we going now and, and and as the longer the game went on you could just see Forest growing and growing they thought we, <laughs> we get a chance here um, and to be fair it's a great ball and, and a really good finish and uh, once it won 1-0 Jamie I said that's it done Chelsea Chelsea won score and, and uh, that, that's how it panned out yeah, not been impressed with with Chelsea bar forty five minutes against Liverpool. I think mm-hmm. that I think that I just just their whole transfer policy and and the way that they've done business, the way they're looking, it's just it's just a mess. It's just a yeah. mess. It's gonna it's gonna take him a lot to, to clear that out and get him in a in a positive positive direction because uh, yeah, I just I don't like what I'm seeing at all. Johnny, it'd be easy to sit here and obviously pile in on Chelsea, but I'll ask you a different question. Um, does it trouble you 
seen Enzo Fernandez being looked at to be the, the playmaker. And what I mean by that is if you look at the replays from that game, it was Enzo Fernandez that was kind of making the charging runs into the box. See when you've got people like Sterling, Jackson, and, and you know, I think the young lad Palmer came on who looked a bit more energetic, but again, it was still Enzo Fernandez and he missed that big chance at the end, didn't he? Like, he, he never struck me as a as a, an attacking midfielder when they brought him in. Does that show you the dysfunction without through the team, or is this just Chelsea square pegs and round holes? You're just shouting the point I was going to make. Are you happy with yourself? <laughs> You've just basically rattled off what I was going to tell you. <laughs> You've been sitting there since one o'clock putting it together. Yeah, oh <laughs> Um... Uh, I, I don't have the same thing. Listen, it comes down to one thing. And I've watched this pre-season and start of this season. Now, don't listen, I'm not making any excuses because they're dog meat. Right? They're just just a mess. Everything's scattergun, everything's panicked, everything's just throwing off money and hope something magic's going to happen. And with the way Poch talks is what he... His, his weight on what comes in is minimal. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So, let's look. Take Saturday's uh, lineup, for example. Who would, you, who, would you, who would you say that, when, who, from the players they've brought in, who do you think are Poch's signings? I think Palmer's a, a Poch signing. I don't, honestly, mate, I don't know. And they're such a hard club to read now because they have so many of these roles, all mm-hmm. these cooks, and. They're all trying to make a la carte menus and they're just serving up dog shit on toast. Um, <laughs> that's that's where I'm, pretty much my views on it at the minute, mate. You've got Cassie in the middle of the park who's never started. They gifted another goal at the weekend. Um, Gallagher, middle of the park. On the both sides of them, you've got Chilwell and Gusto, and then you've got Sterling and Bruno. There's not a creative player there. I don't see Sterling as a creative midfielder. He wants to be up front. He wants to be on the run, doesn't he? He doesn't do much tracking. He's always pushing up, and he, he's a greedy player. I'm not saying he's not effective. He was effective against Luton, but that's Luton. Mm-hmm. He wasn't effective at the weekend. He was a ghost. So, like you, it looks like it's fallen to Enzo. Now, Enzo has probably been the only one I would give pass marks to this season, to be fair to him. He doesn't put many passes wrong. Um, he does a hell of a lot of work, covers a lot of grass, but to me, he's an engine man. You know, he's another Gallica. Maybe a wee, 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 a wee bit more flair, but he's not. He's not a playmaker. Um, I don't see that. That cutting dead eye pass. Don't think he has that. Um, still, he's still very young. Could it be molded? Yes, but it's not really a time to do that. They do have a horrible list of injuries. <clears throat> so many new players have been wiped out with injury. Who would have been starting? Um, Excuse me, <clears throat> it's quite a long list, but that's not an excuse for the squad they have whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, mate, they were they were garbage. Uh, Forest deserved three points. They were the much better side. The ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Vlad Jackson, honest. He kind of looks like a Canadian moose on roller skates. That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> Canadian moose on roller skates. <laughs> He's just legs everywhere. His touch is honking. Um, you see him at the week, that miss at the weekend. Mm-hmm. I could genuinely could have buried that sitting in the wheelchair. I could have stuck that one, and that was awful. And he had a few like that, and he just—he's had a few like that every game, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he was like that first half against Luton for forty-five mm-hmm. minutes. We were chatting about it. I mean, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was terrible. He was really he bundled his goal, didn't he? I thought they would hook him, but he looked much better in the second half. But there was none of that on show at the weekend. So I think Portugal's got a huge job on his hand, but he knew that. Um, yeah, they have a lot of injuries, but you should have more than enough weight in that squad to go and beat teams like Forest, especially at home. So, yeah, I'm kind of just a bit exasperated with them at the minute, to be honest with you. And Mason, it wouldn't be fair to not have a little chat about Forest. The, the, the most craziest stat I've seen was actually that was Forest's second away win since they were promoted. To, yeah. to, just to put in context how big those three points were for them, they only got three points away from Hull in the whole of last season, and they've already got that away to Stamford Bridge. That was massive for them. Incredible, because uh, it said we, we said many a times last season about their home form and how important that key. was. Mm-hmm. Just to, yeah, to go to Stamford Bridge, again, William, I know we was getting towards the end of the window, and I said, <laughs> oh, Forrest haven't signed that many players. Then <laughs> look Saturday morning, and I'm like, you know, there's about six players. Um, but the one, yeah, it's a, it's a great win for him. But the one that I still can't believe, obviously, seeing him in the two legs against us, Sangari, how they managed to get him. Um, well, thirty well, odd million, I think. You know, <laughs> that was snuck in the last the last day of the window, wasn't it? I think it's a brilliant signing. And I listen. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to all Nottingham Forest and 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 what type of club they are, but. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just shocked that they managed to, you know, he went there for one, because I thought there's be- better clubs in the Premier League that he could have gone to. And and I think I think they've signed well. I think I think they've signed, you know, looking at it sort of looking at it on paper, I think they've signed better this season than they did, did last season. Last season. I said actually good. there was a player that they've picked up on loan this season who didn't get a fair crack of it when he was there. Um as the boy Tavares, Nuna Tavares, the left back. Arsenal, he didn't get a fair crack. He went over to, I think it was Marseille, and he scored something like in his first five games or something as a left winger because he, he's so attacking. Now, if you look at Forrest's wingers, Serge Aurier, not known for his tackling, always known for his forward running. He, now you've got Tavares on the other side. That's that's going to shake some teams up, especially when you've got people like Alanga and stuff running off them. And I, I'm not saying Alanga is going to be the big old Neil, but the pace that him and a one year is showing right now, I think it was Johnny and Colin that, that called it the Alanga transfer and saying that that might be a great bit of business. So um, I'll, I'll give the kudos to the two of them. But like I think I think I agree with you. They've made some cracking signings. No, didn't give him the kudos. He slated it. I called that one. Oh. He's not getting that. <laughs> 
<laughs> go back and listen to it. I see what he uses. Bonkin or Boggin, one of the two. Um, the the Tavares deal, yeah, that that is a good sign. Um, mm-hmm. Good player for Marseille last season. The um, another start I seen at the weekend. I don't know if you just said that, mate. Kind of head head zoning out a wee bit. The they've scored in the last eleven Premier League games on the trot, which is quite an impressive start. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? So they are dangerous and they are adding attacking threat. So they are going to cause problems and they have been. Um, but yeah, and I think I think well, it won the up until last and top until the weekend. I think he'd scored in six games in a row as well, which is you know any any top six team you would be shouting at the rooftops about how well the strikers playing. Yeah, the bladder one he was doing exactly that. So no, I totally agree with you. Fancy his chances against shaky Chelsea as well. <laughs> Okay, we, we, we'll, we'll move on from the, the shit kicking Johnny's getting about his, uh, about his Chelsea. Um, and we'll move on to the top of the table, which is um, Haaland FC, a.k.a. Manchester City. Excuse me, I don't want to spend too much time talking about how dodgy that offside goal was with a Kanji putting off the keeper because I, I I challenge anybody that says that's not offside and impacting the goalkeeper. What I want to do was more probably talk about I don't think it would have changed the final result. It looked like a 5-1 all day long. Mason, didn't it? That was a cracking game for them. Yeah, I think they missed, again, a lot of chances as well. Um, but City at home, they've just become a machine. Uh, it just even, yeah, that one all, and you're looking at it, and you just think that they can, I think it's, I'm sure it's 35 wins from 37 in the last, at home. In the mm-hmm. last, I'm sure it's 37. Is that all competitions, probably? All competitions, yeah. Um, no, which, which is just, and it's just the amount of chances they create. I think Alvarez is coming onto a game now as well. But when you've got someone like Haaland, and again, I know, you know it's a penalty, but it's just, you just, just every time you sort of watch it, you're just saying the same thing. Um, I, I think, I think that, again, I think City, obviously they've lost a few, but I think, I think signing of cover chips as well is, is, is so underrated. When, when I was, you know, sorry to go back to Chelsea. No, you, called, you, you called it. You did call it out to say that that was going to be a good signing for him because of what what we what none of us probably took into context is that it's actually freed Rodri up, as any he he's not set as deep as what he has done, and Rodri's kind of like a force when he's in that box and he's like six foot three, absolute tank. You know, nobody's going up for a challenge with him. Absolutely, that, that's exactly it. Uh, and it's just reminded me when I first watched Kovacic at Chelsea driving with a ball, and he had that sort of license to go to go and do that. And sometimes he glides with the ball, takes three, four players out of the game, and, and bring it into this Man City team. I think I think it, it, it's, it's brilliant. And, <clears throat> and there's a couple of other teams I want to come to. I don't want to spoil it, but again, early on, you're just looking at Man City and you're just saying, who, who stops them? Mm-hmm. Johnny, just on obviously the enigma that is Haaland, and I know you'll love a start, so I brought you a start from last season, Haaland's first four games, he scores two in his first, he blanks in his second, he scores one in his third, and he scores a hat-trick in his fourth. He's done exactly the same again this season. Like, the guy's an absolute machine, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He, mate... We'll be fluffing on the show every week because he earns it. Um, just even that he's been quiet the last two games. Um, you say that, but he still, he still scored a goal. Yeah, so but I'm talking about scored his last game. The amount of chances. I mean, he's yeah. spurred a lot in penalties as well. But the key, the key point in that is he's still in those chances. 
-hmm. you know, he's not going to keep missing them. It's, it's, it's going to come back to fruition for him, which it happened. And I agree with you. That was a 5-1 before that game kicked off. And I say yeah. that with respect. It's just, the, you know, it's a mismatch. Unless the stars are lying, City are going to do damage. Um, I know you didn't want to talk about the VAR call, but I do. It's just horrendous, man. It just it annoys me. It's bogging. Um, mm -hmm. What is the point? What is the point of it? If The whole point, mate, is ref doesn't see it. Ref makes a bad call. Instead of VAR to say, you've made a booby there. That's VAR's purpose. Right, and the VAR has the 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 grace uh, taking a few minutes watching fifty five replays for every angle. Most of them we can't see, drawing up lines and bringing up all these different, you know, reasons for it not to stand, and still come to the wrong decision. That's yeah. I, I can't get my head around it. And like, there's some that you could say, yeah, it's contentious. I can see either way. There is no either way with that decision. So yeah, that 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 annoyed me. Not that it would have made the slightest bit of difference. It wouldn't. Of course, mm -hmm. it wouldn't. But it's still. That could happen in a far more, you know, a lot more on the line. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably give it more airtime if it if it was impacting the result, if you like, if it was, you know, one each and it was a last minute and, and it was ruled out or it was, you know, given. As you said, this was a 5-1 before it even kicked yeah. off. I think we knew it was going to go. These these decisions are going to happen and we, we kind of know that and there's a lot of talk about VAR at the moment. So even Sky did a piece yesterday on it. So there's it's one happening the quite a lot, yeah. And, yeah, they and they're not, you know, they're, they're bad. It's not like what would be classed as a 50-50 or close. There's been some horrendous calls. Um, well, I think if you, if you remember the opening line, the opening line was VAR was there to assist the referee in clear and obvious errors. I'm not seeing that. Now, I'm seeing checks done for everything now. For every offside, every every goal, every card, every contentious decision, those aren't clear and obvious decisions. They are re-reffing the game, in my opinion. But as I said, we That's can sit and talk about a whole new bod that. Exactly what you just said, re-reffing the game. We've seen a few like that, and I, I agree with you. I think when it does that, then it's going against the whole purpose of having it there. And you just take everything away for the referee on the pitch. Um, yeah. And Mason, I'll give you a shout. I, I believe that was the same at Sunday as well for you guys. So <laughs> I do believe that was a complete re reference of the incident. That was that going through my head. Yeah. Hundred percent. Apologies, but that. See, Johnny, I told you not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but again, you know, um, as I said, the Hollands, the Enigma. Um, there was another another hat trick on the day, uh, Mason, for one um, Evan Ferguson. Um, mm -hmm. And we all called it at the beginning of the week that one of the games that we were going to look forward to watching was actually Brighton, the Newcastle game. Um, I'll put this question. I think it's an easy question to say how good were Brighton. I'll change the question. How disappointing has Newcastle been, considering if you look at the start of the season, or am I fishing? And what I mean by that is I think they've had one win in four games. They've lost three on the bounce. They had a good win against Villa, but they've lost the three games since, and obviously I'll include Liverpool in that. Am I reading too much into that, or should or we are we are we Brighton just that good? Well, I'll I'll tip Newcastle to to go and continue to to do what they do, and <laughs> for, for eighty five minutes against Liverpool, winning that you know I thought that they're, they're look, looking very good, um, but I was really disappointed with them Saturday. Uh, to be honest, mate. I, again, don't want to take nothing away from Brighton. Um, mm -hmm. But but if you're just looking at a Newcastle, I, I thought they were flat. Um, yeah, didn't really get Isaac in the game. I, to be honest, I thought Brighton's midfield, I thought Billy Gilmore was brilliant. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Probably again, the best game I've seen him play for, for Brighton, definitely. He's playing really, really well. But but for Newcastle, yeah, I would be if I was a Newcastle fan, I would, would worry a little bit because that's as you said, three three defeats in a row and a performance that sort of flat. Um, and not something that we said really about Eddie Howe's Newcastle. I thought they were they were poor. But again, Brighton and, and Ferguson, yeah, he's he's gonna be one that in January or in the summer that someone else is gonna one of the big boys is gonna try and snap him up at his age. You think so? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I think he's got more gears to go as well. I think you can yeah. see certain things he does. He's still going to learn, but he's he's you know quite quick, strong. I think he's still. I think he's still nineteen. So, um, oh no, he's not even nineteen yet. He's still eighteen. Sorry. So, yeah, he, he's definitely going to be one that the big clubs look at. But but personally, sort of watching it um, with with Billy Gilmore was the one that that as as you said for a long time watching Brighton. I was I was really really impressed with him. Good, um, Johnny. On on the, I know obviously you're a big fan of Brighton, but um, what's your thoughts on Harvey Barnes's life at, New, at starts at Newcastle at the moment? If, is is he is he is he being underplayed? Yeah, I, I kind of expected him to walk into that team, um, and he's only coming on as cameo appearances now into like ten minutes at the end of each game so far. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I mean, he's using a lot of the same players, with the exception of well. Tenali, I think it's pretty much a carbon copy of what he would have used last season. Maybe not so much Gordon because he's only started featuring this season, but it's a very, very similar side. And I suppose there's a wee bit loyalty to that side and if it ain't broke kind of thing. Um, I think he'll get used more, mate. As you do seem to take a great delight in pointing out how bad Newcastle are. Newcastle listeners... Give them pelters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Me. Um, I think as well, I think their depth is weak. Um, mm-hmm. I know they've added players and they have, but it was the same against Liverpool. I'm still convinced Eddie Howe chucked that game for Newcastle. Not intentionally, but he changed the game at key moments um, and brought on players way subpar compared to what was on the pitch. And Liverpool just exploited it. At the weekend there, the players coming off the bench, you've got... We started Matt Target, which was a strange one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another one who I wouldn't put anywhere near the grade uh, Champions League or anything like that. With respect, I just don't see him at that level. And he's going up against, like, Solly March. Solly March is a quality player. Um, mm-hmm. And he's going to exploit that, and he did. And also, they've got that much pace, and they're that fast on the ball and moving the ball bright in. I just think players like that struggle, but struggle a bit. Sorry, um, I mean Dan Burn was all over the place at the mm-hmm. weekend, um, and again off the bench you've got like uh, Longstaff, and they brought a young lad Anderson on. So it's not really depth, and it's not the highest of quality coming off the bench to change a game. Yes, you've got Barnes and you've got Wilson, but I'm not hugely convinced by that, mate. And we've not really got the European excuse at the minute because the games yeah. are still pretty thin. So it's only going to get worse, and they're going to have to use those players more. So maybe the call for Newcastle are going to struggle a bit is right. I didn't foresee it. I thought they'd have a harder season, but I thought they'd still do okay. But they have started slowly. Especially with the uh, group, sorry, especially with the, the group they got as well in, in the Champions yeah. League. That is going to do nothing. Group of death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're going in there and they're getting you know beat again. It's just going to roll on to, to the weekend. So. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I still think they've, they, they've got some good players there, but I think Johnny Spot on, they need to be playing on the front foot. The, the Newcastle we see towards the end of last season, and it's, it's not been like that last couple of games. And and one final bit on Brighton, you know, they've, I think they've been one of the most exciting teams to watch so far this season. The thought of dropping Ansu Fati into that attacking option, just actually like, they're up against Man U, they're away to Old Trafford in the next game. That would be a great test, wouldn't it? Amazing to see to see how they get on against Man United at the moment, who seem to be not all over the place, but I've got defensive issues. I could, Brighton will go there and score. I've got no mm. doubt about that. Got them, they'll mm. go there and they'll go there and score. So uh, listen, I, I, you're asking me now on a, on a Wednesday, Wednesday, you know, what ten days before that game, I, I wouldn't write Brighton going their result because we're going to cut touch on Man United, but not not mm-hmm. been impressed with them, especially defensively. So. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be an interesting one. Um, and uh, the next team, the next team I'll bring us on to, obviously, um, we're looking for the down nose. So we've got um, the Wolves game. Um, so remind me, who did Wolves play again? They played um, Palace, Palace um, and they they lost. They, they, am I right in thinking they went ahead in that game 1-0 um, and ended up losing the game 3-2? Um, I think there was two late goals from um, Edward and... Eze, I think it was, that, yeah. that kind of got them back into in front. Yeah. Did, I mean, are, are we expecting too much from from Wolves going away to Palace? Um, you know, a lot, I know a few guys tipped them to be struggling at the end of the season. I think I had them in my bottom three. Um, Gary O'Neill seemed to be getting something right, but all of a sudden, it just it's it's kind of like they put one step forward and they take one step back, didn't it? With with Wolves, John. Yeah, I think they're in for a long season, mate. I stand by that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just sold a lot to, to City. Um, Matches Nunes. Yeah, yeah. So he obviously has some uh, some weight. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't really stop questioning Pep's transfer. So there must be something there. So it has to be a loss. Uh, I can't say I've seen it, but I appreciate his eye for a player. Um, and they've lost a... Uh, for the mind boy. Neves. Neves. Ruben Neves, sorry, that's what I'm looking for. To to Saudi. That that was a big loss. Um I don't see a particularly strong squad there. Um I didn't see the full game uh, at the weekend. I only seen the highlights of that one. But I mean Palace are a, a pretty good side. Um <laughs> the the are fairly good at what they do. Somehow, IU still seems to perform. It feels like that boy's been a bit forever. Honest, it's like no 47 or something. <laughs> it feels like he's been in the game for so long. But, I mean, he, he was cracking. Um, and the lad, Eze, obviously, is probably the standout. And old haunting for uh, Steady Eddie. Edward up front got his couple. I mean, granted, he's not really prolific. But I just think... They're going to be up against it pretty much the majority of games. There was a sign early on that uh, they might have been getting a wee bit more, you know, maybe judging them a wee bit, wee bit too quickly, but it seems they've pretty much went into that, to what was expected, sorry. So, can he get it right? Yeah, there's loads of time, um, but I do think he's got a, a massive uphill struggle. I don't know what their fixtures are like. Um, the immediate fixtures. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, so the next fixtures are away to. Uh, they, they've got Liverpool um, on the early kickoff at half twelve. The uh, Liverpool are away, and then excuse me, they're away to Luton, 
and at home to City. So you've got Liverpool, Luton, City, and the next yeah, three games for Wolves. That's tough. Um, yeah. That is tough. So it's going to be a really tough start. And it's hard to judge a manager because the club just seems to be a wee bit at sixes and sevens at the minute. Well, they just lost another play yesterday, didn't they? They got um, the attacking player Daniel Pedence went back to Olympiacos. You know, um, so yeah, that's the, another striker the for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching the rumblings on that and reading a few things, and a lot of them touted him as their best player. But what was reported was his attitude was honking. I don't know if there's any salt to that, but that was what came out of it. Um, but again, it's another loss, you're right. So I don't really know what to do. I think they are. I think the only way I can describe it for a long season, it's a long time to have another transfer window. You know, he's got a long way to try yeah. and navigate that. And it is. it kind of feels like a sinking ship, even though we're only four games in. <laughs> um, Mason just on um, Crystal Palace so obviously I think pretty much anybody and everybody knew that once Zaha was leaving it was going to become the Eze show but there's a lot of talk that clubs are now looking at potentially bringing in Eze in the summer it's kind of double jeopardy isn't it because they need Eze to perform to get the points but in doing so creates a bigger target on the back to get Eze out of the club um, I think there was I think I read a report today that Man United have apparently put together a war chest of 75 million um, that they're about to tempt Palace with not bearing in mind that it was the same news day that they reported 500 million losses for share prices so I don't know really if I read too much into that truth but these are the kind of headlines that Palace don't want yeah, he's, he's. I'm a big fan of Eze. I think he's. Yeah. I think. I think he's. He's called got up to England squad as well, isn't he? Sorry, I think he's been called up to England squad. Mm-hmm. He's got a long. I still think he's got a long way to go in terms of, you know, playing yeah. for one of them. Uh, still, times to watch him and you, you want more. But I think. I think he's, he's. You can tell. I think Hodgson's been massive for Eze because yeah. uh, his performances have gone gone up levels for, for him. And you're sort of looking at that game Sunday. I think Edward's another one. Uh, he started the season really well. I know a lot of Palace fans had doubts sort of towards you know when before again before Hodgson come in they were saying he, he's not good enough and and he started well but um, always a tough place when you go to to Selhurst Park isn't it and um, just again I just still can't believe Hodgson at his age is still managing but he's managing and, and getting them results and and you've got no doubt that they they, they won't I don't think they'll be in a, a relegation battle I think they'll be absolutely fine mid table and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just just a club like Palace. It's going to be inevitable that, that Eze does move on. Uh, Elise is another one as well. I think I think he 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 could be going as well. Sort of come January or the summer. But um, you know that's that's what Palace have, what they've done well is they've gone and gone and recruited really well. Okay, um, Johnny, I'm coming to you because um, I don't want to turn this into the Liverpool podcast, as some do report, but I know you've got an absolute rager for the boy Sobersly at the moment, who was absolutely outstanding for yet again um, in the humbling of Aston Villa 3-0. Um, what was your thoughts on that game and uh, what were the best takeouts for you? I enjoyed the game, mate. Um... Yeah, I, I really like that lad. Um, watched a fair bit of him before he moved. Uh, called it was going to be a good sign, and actually called it as a sign of the season, which was kind of mm-hmm. big. But so far, so good. Um, just a quality player, mate. And I think he, the team he's playing in, especially in that midfield, kind of complement him, mm-hmm. um, allow him to play, and give he gets a hell of a lot of freedom mate, with Liverpool, and he's always going to get that because of the way they're set up. Um, Big question mark over Villa. 
Um, yeah. So one side to the other. So I think they've won. They've won two games. They've beat. They beat Burnley. They beat Everton, but they were they were destroyed on the opening day of the season against Newcastle, and they didn't look in the game at all against Liverpool. Um, two games that no. you expected them to be more competitive. I should I say? I thought there would be goals, both ends mm. flying, um, a couple of goals and each. Uh, sorry, a couple of goals each at least. Uh, I thought it would be mental. And, and the Liverpool was... Aston Villa game, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was more yeah. shocked that Liverpool kept a clean sheet. <laughs> Respectfully. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, they just they just looked. I don't know. I can't, I can't really say it was European because we knew who they were playing, so we kind of used yeah. that. Um, it was just they were outclassed. They were outclassed. That's the only really way to see it. And they are a good side, mate. They have some quality players and they tick really well. But on Saturday they just weren't at it. Is that down to Villa or down to Liverpool? Probably a bit of both. I just, for me, when you play Liverpool, you need a good start. Um, yeah. If they get a foothold and they start coming at you in those waves, I think it's going to be tough for most teams, at least not to concede. But, yeah, I mean, it's a good result for Liverpool at the end of the day. And the boy slobbers, I just keeps getting looking better each game I see them. So hopefully we'll see them improve because it's good for the football fans to watch them. Yeah, Mason, um, I'm coming at you with a stat. So, Liverpool are running the longest unbeaten record in the league if you go last season into this season at the moment with 18 games. Nobody's talking about them, though, in terms of where they're setting. And what I mean by that is we've already picked up how well Tottenham are doing, how well, I'd say, West Ham, you know, in terms of how many points they've got from the opening fixtures. See if you would have said to me at the beginning of the season that you're going to get a point against Chelsea, you're going to get three against Bournemouth, you're going to get three against Newcastle away from home, and you're going to beat Villa comfortably 3 0 at home. I would have bet your hand off of that. Listen, <clears throat> to the words out of my mouth, I think, I think they're quietly going about, about their business, but I think they've got levels to go as well. Mm-hmm. I think they, I honestly think they haven't got start, especially going forward. I think, yeah. as you said, I was like, you know, McAllister settles in. I think Nunes as well is, I think, a lot of people. For, forget how young he is and how raw he is and I think he'll be another one. I think going forward Liverpool can can jump up levels. Um the big question mark I've still got at Liverpool as, as Johnny said there is and, and I'm sure you've got it as well is is defensively. Um in the games that are you know the, you know I, I think Villa are a good good very good side but I still yeah. expect Liverpool to beat him at Anfield. Um so I, I would say what I would say one of the better players on Saturday that never got any credit was actually Joe Gomez. Like, you know, he, he, he kept Watkins out of the game completely. And the boy Diaby, for all intents and purposes, Diaby's been brilliant since he joined. Um, and I think Gomez was outstanding in the weekend. Yeah, yeah. He's, I was a big fan of Joe Gomez. I don't know what happened to him for the last few years. I know he had his injury problems, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought he, he looked quality. And another one that I see was, was uh, Trent. He's got, uh, I think it's 50 assists in just over 200 appearances in the Premier League, which is, which is just... For a fullback is is incredible. So uh, you yeah, can put that up against ninety percent of the players in the Premier League, and he's still the top. Yeah. And I, I'm talking about I'm talking about um, your Hazards, your Gareth Bales in terms of assists. Like Trent's right up there. It's ridiculous. Um, I think I think he's got more. I, I see it earlier on Twitter. So I think he's got more now than uh, Hazard, and he's got mm-hmm. more than Ozil. Mm-hmm. In, I think that I think Ozil might have played just less, but 
that's incredible numbers from from a fullback and especially at his age. <clears throat> but I do I, I think Liverpool have got I've got gears to jump. So you know that that again I said it about Tottenham they they could be ones. I think Liverpool were, you know I, I tip them this season to, to give Man City a run for their money. So I'm hoping they at least do that. The big story about Liverpool is obviously um, the the Saudi transfer window that shuts tomorrow um, on whether or not Mo Salah whether this bids is actually happening or not um there's a lot of talk that the bids already been made in liverpool or shall we say weighing it up but there's also a lot of talk to say that actually the bids not even gonna happen it's actually just a bit of a posturing up from a media circus that the saudis want to show that they try and mean business without actually doing it um a quick from Stephen from the two of you guys what do you think salah goes mason i'll come to you first do you think he goes or do you think he stays <sighs> See, on deadline day, I, I woke up and I see it and I said, he's gone. That's done. The longer it's gone since then, I think he stays. But I do think this this will actually, I think this will be his last last season. Yeah, I think that's good. I think every Liverpool fan will tell you that now it's his last, it's his last season. Um, so we've kind of made peace with it, shall we say. It's whether or not we let it we let it happen now or... But, but money talks, Jamie, that it, it, yeah. you know, if the reports are true, if they're going to come in with anything, 200, 210, 200, half a million. 219 million for a 31 year old. Apparently, it's 175 up front with add ons, achievable add ons. That brats Liverpool's financial fair play for the next few years sorted. It's sorted. That spends like 30 million a season, mate. We don't need to worry about financial fair play. But I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. With that kind of track, I do. It's a tough one. I think he yeah. will stay. If they do come with anything like that money, Liverpool will be mad. As, as good as quality is, because he is one of the best in the world. Let's not beat around mm. the bush, but, but money talks. Yeah. Johnny, what about yourself? What do you think? You think with that financial fair play being so good, you'd actually sign some quality defenders, eh? <laughs> anyway. That's the next window. <laughs> <laughs> we just did a midfield rebuild. We're doing the defence rebuild uh, next time. <laughs> the, the Salah thing. I think it comes down to two things, mate. One, obviously, the bid has to be right. Yeah. And two, Salah has to want it now. The problem for me, if I'm looking for a Liverpool fan perspective, is money really isn't an object to them. If they really want him tomorrow, they have the money to do it. I think it yeah. comes down to what the player wants. Because if they come into Liverpool and say, look, there's 220 million, you know, whatever, whatever we add ons for 31 year old, a couple of years left, I think you'd be stupid not to entertain that. Yeah. Right. They've got the cover, they've got ample cover. Yeah, it's a dent, but they do have the cover. So it comes down to him. What does he want? Does he want to jump now? Or does he want to jump, you know, at the back end of the season? I think either way you're right, he goes. Do I think it will happen? Honestly, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I would say unlikely at this minute, but I would not be shocked if I woke up to it saying like it's on because they're bidding an obscene amount of money and he wants that move. Yeah, I think the two big key factors for me is one: if you were going to say at any point to Klopp, you're going to lose Salah. You're going to say now's the right time to do it. And what I mean by that is, the, as you said, Johnny, the cover, we've got abundance in strikers in terms of Diego Jota, Gakpo, Darwin Nunes, uh, Luis Diaz. We've got the young lad coming through, Ben Doak. You've got Soberslai that can add as another striker. If there's ever going to be a time where cover's an issue, not an issue, now's that time to do it. 
I think I put something in the WhatsApp group earlier about his numbers. His numbers are ridiculous. Like he's, he's for the time he's been at Liverpool, he outstrips the numbers that Harry Kane's put together. He outstrips some of the numbers that um, any of the top players in the Premier League have actually done. So you're not you're not going to replace Mo Salah. People talk about who you're going to bring in. Liverpool will not bring in another striker if Mo Salah was to go. I think if you go back to when we saw Coutinho, we didn't bring in another midfielder. We got 130 million for Coutinho, but what we did is we went out and we brought Allison and Van Dijk which strengthened other areas of the pitch. I think something similar, if we were to accept the money was to have, would be, would be, that would be the route we were going down. The one thing that worries me, and I say worries me, is that we're not hearing nothing from Salah or his manager. I think on the 1st of August, his manager put, when the first snippets come out about potential interest, his manager put a tweet, tweet that said, we're not going anywhere, we're happy where we are. It's kind of moved on and developed so much more now, but there's nothing coming out that tells you that there's potential that it's going to happen. So, as as you guys, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if I woke up tomorrow and there was a bed on the table. I wouldn't read too much into that, mate, because at the end of the day, they know whatever they say, people are going to make up their own mind and come to their own conclusions yeah. about that statement anyway. You know, you can put a statement that says black and people will come by and say, I read that as white. You know, it just mm-hmm. it's a waste of time. So it's probably sensible not to say anything. But yeah, I would, I would agree. I was, I was listening to an interview with a, uh, they did an interview on one of the podcasts. I listened to it. It was to a Saudi journalist, and he talks about why El Hittiad are making this move now. But that take that would take a whole another half hour podcast somewhere else in terms of the dynamics that's happening. Um, they are panicking. All I'll say is they're panicking if they don't get him, because obviously this is all about their bid next season to go into the Club World Championships. Um, if they don't win the league this season. The other team that wins the league gets a bigger payout and what they had. Therefore, Mo Salah's got more options. That is why El Hesiad are making these, these these moves now, shall we say? So, um, I'm 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 seventy thirty that he stays, and I'm super happy at that. And I don't think there'll be a Liverpool fan that would say, tell you different. Um, but we're accepting that he's going to go at some point in, at, at the end of the season. Um, but at the risk of keeping it as a Liverpool podcast, we do have one contentious. Um, into the to, to the roundup, which was the the Sunday evening game, which was Mason Arsenal versus Man United. Um, I'm saying contentious because there was a lot of incidents throughout the game that swung it one way to the other. What was your thoughts on the overall game? What were you impressed? Were you expected? What you know? What what turned out, or was it not a surprise with the result? So this, be honest, missed this one, and, and by the sounds of it, it seemed like an absolute cracker. So I went back today and watched the the extended highlights and. Looking at it, I think Arsenal looked look the better side. Man United quite easily could have won it, though. Um, and we're talking, you know, the offside. He's, he's clearly he's offside, but um, it's very close for saying Man United snatch and grab. Um, mm-hmm. What I will say on Arsenal is I think they've looked good at times, but still vulnerable. I still think there's... I still, I still don't... I still don't if think... You go, if you go back to this time last season, yeah. they were convincingly winning weren't they there's yeah. just just not something that I'm not seeing that the same list even though they're winning I'm, I'm with you there's something different about them this year that's not quite the same listen I know he scored the second goal um, and it's the match winning goal and it, you know in the end in Declan Rice but I'm still I still watch I still watch him and I still want so much more from that for, for the money they've spent um, he's very neat and he's very tidy and he wins the ball back but I just, I'm still not, I'm still not convinced by him. 
still still stand by that. Um, but listen, I still think they're they're probably they're probably another team. If you look at it, ten points from the the, the four games, I probably look at it and say, right, you know, I still think they've probably got levels to go. Um, but as for Man United, I've been really disappointed. I think they've fought really poorly. I'm not buying the new goalkeeper either, by the way. I know a lot of people are. Um, I'm not. I said that at the beginning. I said I wasn't convinced by him no. at all. He's so. I seen. I seen. Um, I think I put it in the chat today. That was. Um, there was a graphic put in, um, and it was a Nana had played something like forty-seven, um, passes out from his box, which is the most any goalkeeper's ever done. <laughs> which is great when they're highlighting these things, but they lost the game three-one. Like yeah. you know, what was the point in that? I don't. I, what was it they brought him in for? Are they any better since De Gea's not there? Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, I think Dallas still sliding to try and get that tackle at the end, didn't he? He's, 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 he was so far away from that. Johnny, um, was it the story of, as Mason put it, Mr. Nice, Neat and, and Tidy Declan Rice? Or was it Man United bringing on two 36-year-old defenders to try and help it see out the game? Like, I, I'm kind of torn between the two, if that makes sense. Harry Maguire. Um, <laughs> and Johnny Evans. Yeah, yeah. I think, listen, you have... I think Arsenal, when they, when they get taken, they're one of the smoothest teams to watch. Um, they have really, really good players going forward. They play definitely up there amongst the best football. Um they move the ball well. They're really, really hard to, to tie down. So when you have that kind of pace and that kind of energy, and then you have two guys who have never kicked a ball, may have done a bit of pre-season, but they haven't played much football, chuck them into the fire um, and expect good things to happen. It just doesn't work like that. I thought Man United were, were off it. Um, I didn't think that Man United deserved to get anything for that game. Ten Hag done nothing but whine after the game about all these decisions that should have 100% went his way. Utter bollocks. They shouldn't have went his way. They were just... See, on those decisions, I was, I was going to ask you, the, the, the Hoyland penalty is probably the most contentious of opinions in terms of what I mean is like the ref could have made a decision either way on that. Would you That's, have seen that as a penalty? Yeah. or? I mean, I would say the same. I would say the same that these ones are, you could say, are contentious. You could argue for either side. But you can see why it was given or wasn't given. Mm-hmm. That was the kind of decisions we're talking about. The way he was talking was they were 100% black and white. They were totally different. They were. I like he'd been elbowed um, in the face or something, isn't it? Like he'd yeah, been bloody nose or somebody. Just, like, really? They never really got going. Um, and they got punished. Um, I mean, yeah, it was two quick-fire goals that pretty much came from... I wouldn't say, it. I mean, it was an even-ish contest, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But um, after the early goals, the game kind of was a wee bit stagnant and the goals came late on. But as we've discussed, there was some a lot of changes at the back for Man United. I think they had made maybe four or five subs at that point as well. So, yeah, I mean, Man United just haven't got going. I'm going to put it all on the boy on Anna. Um, I think he's... If I'm a goalkeeper and I'm trying to settle into a team and you stick Evans and Harry Maguire in front of me, I'd be shy myself as well, to be fair to him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he has looked a bit shaky at times, I would agree with that. But, I mean, he's only, he's only played a few games. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, I say that in game week one, mate, that Man United look incredibly underwhelming, and I don't think that's changed. 
Mason, a question on the Man United. So, obviously, the, uh, there was a lot of talk when they brought Mason Mountain. Um, and obviously, I know you you know watching him through Chelsea days of what he brings to the team. He's He's actually not had a, a scoring return at the moment in Man United, and I know he's now injured. But in the last two games, they brought the boy Eriksson back in, who's got a goal and an assist. I never expected there to be that kind of a difference between the two players. And what I mean is, like, Eriksson gets a lot forward a lot more. He gets involved a lot more than what Mason does. And I know Mason does a lot more defensive duties, shall we say. But they can't afford Mason Mount to be on the bench when he, when he comes back from fitness, can they? No, but... Um... I'm not Mason Mount's biggest biggest fan. Uh, never happened. Okay. I think he he when he first come through, he's shown glimpses. I think he had a really good season. Year Chelsea won the league. I think Tuchel got something out of him, but I've not seen that player since been in and out. Uh, I'm not surprised with, with that. To be, to be honest, Jamie Ericsson, Ericsson is, is is has been a top player for for a long time. Um, and the pass for the goal uh, at the weekend is is really. Mm-hmm. He's very there. underrated there, isn't he? He's very underrated. If you look at even last season, the numbers that he was putting in, you're like, mate, compared, you know, they didn't pay any money for him. You know, a free signing. Like they were, they were crucifying that transfer when it happened, um, and saying that they shouldn't be shopping in the in the free market like that. But he's been brilliant. That I I, I didn't understand that that they were how upset they were with that signing at the time. I, I was. I think when you look at Ten Hag signing, that's been one of the best ones. I think if I was a Man United fan, I'd be questioning the money they spent on someone like Mason Mount instead of looking at the free transfer in Christian Eriksen. But yeah, the money they've spent, I, I just I just look at their transfers this summer, and I'm just I'm just not impressed at all. I think there's like there's been, if I look at other teams and the business they've done, I thought how have Man United not gone in there? The only one that I do really like from Man United is Amrabat. I think he's a top player. I think I'm really really good. I, I think that uh, to get him done was was important because that midfield. It needed, it so, so the question is, the way Man United play, and this is probably, this kind of compounds it now, where does Amrabat go in? Does he go in in space of Casemiro? Does he go in space of Bruno? Does he go in space of Eriksen? I think you've got to play the both, Jamie. I think you've got to play Amrabat and Casemiro. We were talking about their Man United centre-halves and how, how poor they are. Should you then put Eriksen back on the bench then? I, I probably am. For, yeah, for and Amrabat. then I'm, for, for Amrabat, I probably am. And then I'm bringing in I suppose it's horses for courses, isn't it? But maybe yeah. a game at Old Trafford when you're playing against the bottom teams, you don't need Amrabat and Casemiro, especially Casemiro's age as well. You've got to manage his game time. Champions League as well. But um, but yeah, I, I do think that their best 11, I think I'll probably go both of them, yeah. Yeah. And Johnny, just to obviously touch back on Arsenal, I know you're a big fan of Odegaard, aren't you? And I mean, he didn't, he didn't have a terrible game, did he? He played really good. No, he's a quality player, mate. Um, has been consistently for a while now. It was quite good to see him settle eventually. You know, we've spoken about mm-hmm. before, he was so highly touted for such a long time. But uh, uh, something I, I had said before as well, that he seemed to make those huge moves probably maybe a year or two ahead of when he should have done it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably just bad advice. And I suppose your head getting turned by these big clubs coming in. 16 when he joined Real Madrid, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it was just far too much too soon. Whereas at Arsenal, he seems to have had, when he found his level, because it is a very high level, um, but it seems to just be working for him now. And he's just a quality player, mate. Everything about him is um, smooth, graceful, works hard, and what a, with, uh, sorry, two-footed player. I think a shot he has on one as well. So 
yeah, I really, really like them. They're highly, highly real. Good. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of the games, guys. Um, we've obviously got, as I said, the next round's not until the 16th. Um, but if I was to run through some of the fixtures, we've next up, we've got the early kickoff at half 12, Wolves against Liverpool. Um, three o'clock kickoffs, you've got Villa Palace, Fulham Luton, Man United Brighton, which seems criminal for a three o'clock kickoff considering the three o'clock blackout on the TV. So I've, I can I can see a lot of IPTVs kicking in around a bit that day. Um, you've got Spurs and Sheffield United. You've got West Ham and City. And then the evening game, which is Newcastle Brentford, which could be a bit of a, a bit of a barnstormer. On the Sunday, you've got Bournemouth, Chelsea, Everton, Arsenal, and Forest and Burnley on the Monday night. Mason, which, which games are you going to be standing out for in that game in that weekend? Sorry. So the 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 the, uh, the one that you pick there that that's not on the TV. Uh, Man, you're I can't, Yeah, that that just because I've just said there that the start of the uh, start of the show that I can see Brighton going to get a result, uh, and I really can. <laughs> I really can. Yeah. Um, Watching Brighton at the weekend as well, and and as I've said about you know Man United, um, I think if I do do a coupon that that weekend, I'm going to be going with uh, with a Brighton, Brighton to score. Very good fun. And Johnny, what about yourself, mate? Fixtures are a wee bit um, not hugely appealing to be honest with you, mate. On paper, you mean, you mean you're not looking forward to Bournemouth and Chelsea? I knew you were going to say that. You're so transparent. <laughs> like the front page of the newspaper, mate. <laughs> yeah. I should have just jumped on that and never said it. You know. um, no, I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I'll still watch every bit of football I can get down my throat when we get past this international break. But, um, yeah, there's not a huge amount of jumping out of me. Um, maybe see how Burnley got on, see if they improve against Forest. So it should be a pretty tight game. I agree with you that the TV blackout games continue to make no sense. Um, Villa Palace, that, that has potential as well. So, yeah, that would probably be the two picks I would go with, the two that aren't on TV. Good. So, if you guys obviously want to look out for some of the fixtures, I think there's a fair chunk. I'll be personally cheering on Arsenal against Everton on the Sunday at four o'clock, um, no. just to compound their, just to compound them a little bit further. Um, I'll be definitely taking them. Um, and uh, the last segment then, so we'll take two minutes just to kind of round up um, where we were in our beloved fancy teams. Um, so Mason, so you've obviously been missing for a couple of weeks. Um, how's your fancy team been getting on? Mate, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't touch it whilst I was uh, away on Away on honeymoon, I didn't really look at it, but I was quite lucky with how I set up. So, uh, okay. eighty-four points this week. Um, yes. So, uh, my midfield is, is 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 doing it's doing it its thing for me at the minute. So, uh, how many hat trickers yeah. did you have? Just the one, or just the one? Just the just Harlem, um, okay. just Harlem. But uh, obviously, it's not loading at the moment. But my my midfield was was the one that that's uh, it's got a, you know as I said, Embo Saka Saka's a Saka didn't score, but um it, yeah but yeah it's not loaded at the minute but i think i think apart from saka all my midfielders my midfielders scored so i'm top of quite a few leagues so i'm quite happy with how i started there <laughs> um and johnny what about yourself a better week this week mate um recovered a bit finished on uh 77 which wasn't terrible the one transfer i made was madison brought madison in who who turned up at I was tossing up between Madison and Bone. Um, mm-hmm. Ended up going with Madison. 
I'm glad I never touched Sterling. Um, did consider it, but I'd say to you prior, I thought there was too much weight being put on that game yeah. against Luton. So I went against it. Um, I think the only pisser was I couldn't decide whether to start Onana or Turner. I ended up going with Onana and we know how that one worked. He got the, the hole in the donut. <laughs> Turner at Chelsea with his bonus points. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sod's bloody long. Um, so that was the only, the only thing I can fault. Um, and try and get through the international um, break and see what we come back with injury-wise. Good man. I finished with 77 points, so a bit of between the two years. Um, like yourselves, obviously, I've got Holland and Bueno, Foden, Madison, all with returns, but um, I was a toss-up between Jackson and Watkins to start for me, and both of them pretty much did nothing, so it was kind of like I spent a full day sweating over absolutely nothing. So uh, now, as, as we said, we've now got the international break, which is going to do nothing but give me anxiety for two weeks about what I do. Um, but um, going by the league, um, a big shout-out to the, the, new, the, the new leader. Um, we've got uh, a new leader who... Got and a whopping 113 points. Um, a guy, a player called Amico Elvis. Um, he had Haaland and played his bench boost, but on his bench he had Son, Mitchell, Adogi, and Ariola. So walked away with another 31 points off his bench, which is nothing to sweat at. So 113 points, and he jumped straight to the top of the leaderboard. So well done to you. Um, the highest in the world was a person who played his triple captain, ended up with 148 points, but he had Son, Ferguson, Alvarez and Haaland. Big, big point in us that week. So, Wait, um, don't talk about people like that. Just I know, it's them. absolutely... I, I think they're just bots either. Um, you know, they finish obviously. bottom of every league at the end. He gets knocked <laughs> off. Um, no, and Colin, Colin probably, Colin probably um, started with a langer up front and has paid off in, in the points. So, uh, fingers crossed, um, we got a few Hail Marys like that. But as guys, as I said, thanks very much for tuning in and listening in. It's always good to kind of round up um, the week's um, chat. Um, Mason, it's been good to have you back, mate. Welcome back. Yeah, good to be back, mate. And, and as I said at the start, nice to talk about other other football. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, it's been, been, a, been a little bit um, yeah off it all, all together. So it's been nice to get back in the swing and I'm looking forward to once it gets back around to, to being back uh, more regularly. Good man. And Johnny, as ever, mate, I always appreciate the attendance. Yeah, thanks for having me back on, guys. It's always a pleasure. Probably sound a bit rough tonight, not feeling the best, but um, this is a good voice. What are you talking about? I sound husky, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's some listener out there that's appreciative of (laughs) that. Right, guys, um, as I said, there's no Premier League roundup next week because we have the internationals, so um, we shall see you after the weekend of the 16th. Um, if uh, if you've got any thoughts on some of the stuff that we talked about or you want to ask any questions, drop it into the comments. You see a lot on YouTube, and uh, we come back back to you. But thanks very much, guys. Catch you later. <laughs> Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.